I just want to take a few minutes as we, uh, for the service this morning, and I want to talk to you a little bit about um, missions from our church perspective, what we're doing, how we see it, how it impacts what you're going to do tomorrow at work. So um, I just want to share a couple of things. One of the things that most of you probably don't know about me is that when I was in high school, in 9th through 11th grade, I went to Temple Baptist Church, Detroit, Michigan. Temple Baptist Church is one of the top 10 fastest growing churches in the country at the time. Um, this was back in the 70s, and we had a church of 4,000 people. We had a youth group of 500 kids. So it was under the leadership of a guy by the name of G.B. Vick. G.B. Vick was one of the um, most important figures in the Bible Baptist Fellowship Group for years. And G.B. Vick had a unique philosophy as far as church goes, and it was this. Um, we rarely ever heard him speak as a pastor. He would bring in different speakers. He'd bring in some of the best speakers in all the country. And usually, at least every other Sunday or so, it was a missionary from somewhere. So I developed a real heart for missions even in high school. Um, a guy later came in by the name of A.B. Henderson, and I got to sit under his ministry for a year and a half. Um, and he was a phenomenal speaker and orator. I, I would give anything to be able to put together a message like he could. Um, and he was really good. He never went more than 25 minutes. So you would really like that. Um, <laughs> Then um, when, I went to, when we moved to Chicago, I, uh, and our church had a unique philosophy, and, and, and we had a missionary there in Germany, um, and he only had church, two churches that supported him. Each church supported him 50%. And so when he came back on furlough, he would spend six months at one church and six months at the other church. He didn't have to do all the running around. So everybody really got to know the families. And so that really impacted me. You should know, and some of you know, I have a burden for missions. Um, I wish God would call me to the mission field, but he hasn't. Uh, he's called me to Holly Springs, which in and of itself is a mission field when you're from Chicago, all right? Um, I'm not saying, you know, but anyway. Um, and so I've just kind of made a deal with the Lord. I've said, okay, Lord, if I can't go, then I'm going to do everything I can to support people who do go. And I want us to be able to have a big influence that way. We put a lot of stock in people's last words. Um, you know, if you think of somebody who's passed away, you can pretty much recall the last conversation you had with them or the last things that they said as they came to the end of their life. Um, we put a lot of stock in that. So I want to go to Jesus's last words. Um, Matthew chapter 28. Here's one of the passages. There's actually two we're going to look at real quick and pull some stuff out. Uh, Matthew 28. Got it there, Peyton? Yeah. Uh, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they had saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, even at this point. But at resurrection, 40 days later, they're still having questions. Like, you know, uh, or was this all still real? Um, and then Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even at the very end of the age. Jesus looks at him and says, look, guys, here's your job. I've spent three years preparing you for this. Now your job is very simply go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, teach them. That's what you need to do, guys. That's what I need you to do. And then... Jesus, just before literally in Acts chapter 1, he's about ready to ascend into heaven, leave this earth for the last time, because the next time he comes, he's not coming as Savior, he's coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. 
And so the last time his feet leave this place, here's what he says, Acts chapter 1. Looking at, again, the disciples, he says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set his own authority. They're wanting to know when he was coming back. And he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other ends of the earth. After he said this, those were his last words, he was taken up from their very eyes from a cloud from their sight, hid from their sight. The last thing he says is, you are to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of it. Now, we get lost in that part of it, but let me make that in a modern-day analogy. Jerusalem is where they were. So that was their immediate context. And then Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. We would say it this way. I want you to be witnesses when you go to work tomorrow. And then I want you to be witnesses in the Midwest as you have an opportunity. And then I want you to be witnesses in the United States as you have an opportunity. And finally, I want you to be witnesses to the whole world. That's the way we would say it. it, it it's the idea of smaller and, and moving out. So a couple of principles about missions and some things that I think we need to make sure we have a good grasp on as individuals and as church. Here's the first thing. Missions is about people. It's not a concept. That's important. You know, I think sometimes we forget that. When we talk about our missionaries, we forget that they're real people. They eat like you and I eat. They eat different things than you and I eat, but they eat like we eat. They have all the same struggles you have, family, in-laws, kids, neighbors, all of that stuff, just like you and I do. And a lot of times we, like, we, we put them on this big high pedestal and we forget that they have feet of clay and they're just like us. They struggle like we struggle. And I think it's important. It was funny. I mean, and let me tell you something. This has infiltrated how you think. Um, Jared Tran was supposed to be lay leader today, or a communion leader today, but he couldn't do it because they're in Chicago. His family's in Chicago. So we went back and forth texting. And I said, hey, Jared, who'd you get? Here was his text to me. He said, look, he said, I've asked six people, and they're all afraid to do it because we have missionaries here. And it's like because there's that mindset of, well, I don't measure up. Look, we're all missionaries. It's about people. It's not just this big concept out there regarding missions. You are a missionary tomorrow when you go to work. You're a representative of Jesus Christ, and I can guarantee you, if you'll think about this, you won't have to think hard, in a very dark and pagan world. In fact, it would sometimes be easier to be with tribal people than it would in the places that you work. Because you know they're pagan and heathen. And it's a struggle. But you have to understand, missions is about people. Missions helps you refocus your life. Because it makes it about something outside of you. You know, a lot of times we get this concept. Americans, we get this concept. Well, I don't understand why we should spend all our money going all over the world. I mean, you know, we got enough problems right here. Let's just take care of ourselves. That's the worst kind of mentality you can have. That's a self-centered thing. The world is big. And you and I can impact the big world by helping support people who have the commitment and the passion and the calling to go to those kinds of places. And one of the things that it does is it really refocuses your life. I mean, you know, because I have had opportunity to go to the mission field 
and been able to see some of this stuff, it really helps when I start complaining about my first world problems. You know? I mean, you think about it for a minute. All of the things that you're struggling with right now and this week are first world problems. Nobody in here got up today going, I hope I get to eat. You got up today thinking, you know what? I hope that the pastor made his meatballs for potluck. <laughs> you know, we get to pick and choose. We go to refrigerators and freezers and stuff. And I'm not saying you should ever feel bad about it. For whatever reason, that's what God has given you. And that's how God has blessed you. And that's what God has entrusted you with. But please, please, please don't complain and gripe about it. God has been incredibly good to us. And missions makes us realize there is something bigger outside of us than our little world. I mean, can you imagine a place? Can you imagine a place the size of the Midwest and go, you know what, there's not a Christian, there's not a place that you can buy Christian literature anywhere. You know, can you imagine that kind of one? You, we, here you can pick and choose what, we get the opportunity not only to pick whether or not it's a gospel preaching church, we get the opportunity to preach whether it's a gospel preaching church with our flavor of service. And we're just happy to have some place to share the gospel. And there are places all over the world like that. And like I say, you know, you can either go or you can support the people who God has called to go. And it, it missions makes you think a whole lot bigger than yourself. There's the other thing. It takes your focus off of us. Here's the other thing. It's, cl- it, it, it's close to the heart of God. I learned this a long time ago. What you honor tells a lot about what's important to you. You want to know why our country is so messed up? You look at what we honor. What do we pay a professional ball player to play with a little round ball? What do we pay to go to a concert, and I'm included in this, to listen to our favorite group or person? And what kind of numbers, money-wise, do they make? And then we go... I don't understand why our kids don't want to be nurses, firefighters, paramedics, missionaries, pastors, um, you know, CNAs. You get what you honor. In the country, we honor the wrong things, so we're getting the wrong things. It's, it's not rocket science, folks. And it's the same thing for a church. Tell me what the church honors and I'll tell you what's important to them. And for us, I really, we really want missions to be something that we are. We really want something that we really want it to be something that is that is dear to our heart because it's dear to the heart of God. And the other thing is this: it sets a great example for our kids because it does tell them what's important. It does tell them what's important. And uh, so I like getting our kids around missionaries. I like the idea of having missionaries here. Um, but yet I, I know some of the things that we do in this country to missionaries is just reprehensible. I mean, you know, 
People give them, churches give them $25 a month and then expect them to visit them every time they come home on furlough. So what should be a break and, and a recharging and a refreshing for our missionaries is a put 70, 80, 90,000 miles on a car for a year and run and sleep in different places and get exhausted and then go back and do what you're supposed to do. So let me talk to you a little bit about what we do here, why we do it, what we are, so you know when you give money here what we do. First of all, when the church started out, we set an idea, or we set as a basis, and we believe this is true for us as individuals as well as a church, so we set the example. When people give here, 10% of everything it gives here goes to missions. Um, this past year, we wanted to give more money than we, than we had. You know, and in the past, when it got short, we just took it out of the general fund. When there was a need and we wanted to meet it, we just took it out of general fund. This past year, we said, you know, I said, you know, we can keep doing that, guys. And, and the guys said, you know what, let's just, let's just start taking out 15%. So that was our new goal. Um, we take the concept in Acts of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the outermost parts of the earth, and here's how we break it down, okay? Um, we have local ministries that we support. So every year we give money to Youth for Christ, Child Evangelism Fellowship, Her Health Women's Clinic, and the Gospel Mission. Those are really local places that we give money to. Um, then a little bit bigger outside of that, we support the Gideons and we support um, uh, Samaritan's Purse, Child of, uh, Samaritan's Purse specifically, Operation Christmas Child, and, and that. And then outside the world, we have now four missionaries that we support. Okay? We have uh, the Lusas in uh, PNG. Uh, we have the Winklers in Africa. We have the Havlicek's in um, uh, Mexico. And then we took on, in January, um, Anna and Dayan um, in Serbia, Slovakia. Um, one of the things that bothers me is that often when a church says they support a missionary, what they do is they give them a little bit of amount and then say there are missionaries. So you go into churches and there'll be a mission board and sometimes there'll be 20 missionaries on there, but each one of them's getting $25, $50 a month. And I think that's not fair. So... You should know as a church, when we take on a missionary, um, we take them on at a starting deal of $300 a month. So every missionary that we have is getting at least that every month from us because we believe that um, uh, we don't want them running all over the world trying to burn off wheels and stuff like that. So, so we make that kind of commitment to them to take them on. We usually have somebody, we've had Anna and Jan, and Jan on the deck for a while, waiting for them to make the decision to go. Um, and we'll be in the process now of getting somebody else ready. And then when the opportunity comes, we, we move them along. So it's a slower process for us. So rather than having a missionary here every week and giving them all 50 bucks a month and supporting a whole bunch of them, we have a few that we are really supported behind. And then as the Lord blesses and we have extra money, um, we look at how much is in emissions, and once that number starts getting too high, we start giving it away. Um, and so we will then start writing either for projects that are going on or for things like that that we know of. A lot of times we'll just send an extra gift to a missionary and say, hey, look, we love you, we're praying for you, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and we try to do things like that. So, um, you know, like right now, the Winklers down in Africa, they're trying to build a church right now. And so... You know, we're going to look at, at helping them with some of that kind of stuff. And so um, when uh, Kurt and Lene went um, to see Corey and Amy, um, we sent them a whole bunch of stuff to say, here, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, tell us what your needs are. And so we try to do that. That's what we're trying to do as a church. 
So, you know, I want you to know that's where we are um, as a church. Um, here's what I want you to understand, a couple things, okay? Um, if you're like me, some of you aren't like me, well, thank God um, for you. Um, but, it, but, I mean, I, I would love to go to the field. I really would. But it's not a place God's called me. So, um, since I can't go, I want to pray for the people who God has called and who have gone. And I want to support them. And that, that goes a long way. That goes mentally, emotionally, financially. Um, anytime I can try to be a blessing to them, that's what I want to do. Um, just jotting them a note saying, hey, look, I want you to know we're, we're praying for you and we love you. Um, or an email or a text, whatever, whatever way you communicate with them. Be a blessing to them. Okay? Um, you have no idea um, how hard it is. You know, I mean, you know, as an example this morning, I mean, you know, here's something you haven't thought about. Um, Aaron and Lori and the girls don't get to come to their grandmother and great-grandmother's funeral because they're serving P&G. That's where God's calling them. That's where God's using them. And that's tough when you can't do that because of something like that. Um, and so every Mother's Day is difficult, every Father's Day is difficult, every holiday is difficult, um, because they've, you know, God's called them elsewhere. So I, I just want you, to, I want you to think in those terms um, along those lines. Um, here's the other thing I want you to think about. Christianity is one generation away from extinction. If you and I don't reach the next generation for Jesus Christ, Christianity ends with this generation. Fortunately for you, and fortunately for me, the generation before us reached the people around them. They reached the next generation. And you and I are the benefits of that. If we don't do what God's called us to do, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. If we don't do it, it ends with us. It ends with us. We're here because somebody shared the gospel with us. And you have no idea the opportunity that you have to be a light and a testimony where God has you. And when you have opportunities to support other people who are trying to be a light and a testimony in places you can't go or God hasn't called you, do what you can to make a difference. Because it's not about us. It's about something much, much, much bigger. And my challenge to you is this. Years ago, there was a movie that came out called Sixth Sense. Does anybody remember the movie? Anybody see it? And this, this little kid, I won't give away the plot, although I should. Um, this little kid kept walking around going, I see dead people, I see dead people, I see dead people. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know why, you know why he sees dead people. But um, if not, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But I would love a whole group of people that Every day when they go to work, say, I see lost people. I see lost people. I see lost people. That cashier that I'm talking to, chances are good they're a lost person. They don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That person you, that salesperson that's going to sit across from you or you're going to try to sell something to this week, lost. A person that you sit across a cubicle from or an office or interact with this week, lost. 
that, per, that cashier or you know, guy or gal who you're dealing with when you're paying for your gas or when you're dealing with the co-op or whoever else, lost. Who's going to share Christ with them? That's missions. That's the gospel. That's the challenge that we have this week. To be a missionary and to support missionaries. And that's my challenge to you. Um, as a church, we support Jan and Anna. Okay? And we have for a long time had a relationship with Anna in, in supporting and encouraging her in her work there. And we've seen her do, <coughs> we've seen God use her to do incredible things. Um, yesterday when they were here, I met with them and we got some slide stuff set up and then we went over and, and we we're showing them around the building and they, they are particularly were drawn to the one picture. And we started talking about it. And I guess in the picture are actually people that you knew there. And, and they said one of them is now gone. One of them is now gone. And they had an opportunity to minister to him. Look, I want to challenge you with this idea. Let God use you this week. You go, oh, you don't understand. I'm just so intimidated. I'm, just, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to... You really think the God of the universe, when you open your mouth to talk about him, you really, really think he's going to let you mess it up? I don't think you can mess it up if you tried. I mean, you know, he used a donkey. He talked to a donkey. Well, you know what? I got a little more than a donkey going on. I mean, you know, um, you know, if he can speak to a donkey, he can probably use me if I'm just willing and sensitive to what he wants me to say. And you go, God, I've never done this, but, you know, give me the words to say. And did it? Use me. And he'll use you this week. Be a missionary. Support the groups. Um, some, some churches, and, and I'm going to get in a little fuzzy territory, and if you want to write me an email, that's okay, because I can delete it. Um, <clears throat> um, we have people, as a church, because we have missionaries that we're taking care of and things like that, and, and, and my salary and the expenses that are building, people give to take care of those things, and that's awesome. Um, I don't have a problem with taking, you know, again, we've, we, we, we talked about the whole tithing thing and all that kind of stuff. We talked about that when we were doing the Transform series. Um, I like to see people support missions individually as well. And I personally, as a pastor, and I think I'm, gonna, I'm, I think I'm, gonna, I'm going out on a limb here, okay, because I'm going against what a lot of people teach, okay? I don't think God's going to get upset if 7% goes here and 3% goes there. Again, you know, I mean, if everybody decides to send it elsewhere, well, then, you know, we kind of, it struggles with the people we have a commitment to. Um, but I like the idea of people having individual people that they support and follow. And I get a lot of emails from people who say, hey, pastor, this is a missionary that my wife and I, or this is a missionary that I support, and here's what's going on. Would you put them on your prayer list? And I have people that I pray for that I've never met that are missionaries that you support. Um, and because why? The kingdom's a big place. We're a little church in a big, big, big world. 
That doesn't mean we can't make an impact. That doesn't mean you go to the church, you go to the pe- the Papatar people and ask them. You know, has this church helped and made an impact? I mean, their their village is now going out and reaching other villages. And we we got to have a little part in that. That's awesome. That's so awesome that we can do that. So that's my challenge to you. So I end this with this for for us this morning. I end it this way by saying the get it right. Missions is at the heart of God. The story of the good news is the focus of the life of Christ. The focus on missions honors the things that are near and dear to the heart of God. When we focus on others who need Christ, it reminds us that life is not about us. It's about those who need Christ. So be a missionary this week and support the missionaries that God has called to some of the Places in the world that you and I will never see. But we can still make an impact on it. So let's pray. Lord, help us. Use us. Uh, Lord, for Jan and Anna and Benjamin, we, we thank you for their commitment, for their passion. Lord, the fact that they can go back to their home country and not have the struggles that so many have uh, in missions, Lord, of understanding the culture and the language and the barriers and everything. But, Lord, we also understand the struggle of a a prophet uh, having a hard time in his own country. So, Lord, guide them and protect them in a great way. Lord, may they know that there is a group of people in Iowa who love them, who care about them, and who are praying for them. And, Lord, may you use us to have a small impact and people that... uh, We won't see until we get to heaven. So, Lord, as we go to work tomorrow, use us. May we see people who really need to know our Savior. May you use us to be able to show and point to them a real and living Christ. And, Lord, when it is all said and done, and we have left this world for our final time, may only eternity reveal the ways that you used us. And thank you for the privilege of being used. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Um, Let's stand together and we're going to sing.